0: Hi, you're listening to The Floating Point on Rave Pubs Radio. I'm your host, Hope Roth, here today with Johnny Stuff and Things Moda to talk about programming and what it's like to be that weirdo on a construction site with a laptop. Before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor, Ingram Micro. Ingram Micro, for all of your AV and IT needs. Thanks, Ingram Micro. Thanks, Johnny. I'm so glad to have you on my show.
1: I'm so excited to be here, Hope. My sister from another mister, and you're on the whole other side of the United States of someone's America. Um, Mine and yours and the world because we live here. So take that with whatever that means to you. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming. I'm not going to lie. I totally just asked you to be on my show because i miss hanging out with
1: you oh uh, you're gonna make podcast. me feel even weirder than i already am and for those of you who can't see me i'm a very weirdy beardy gentleman currently which i have not been since forever i've been a very clean shaven person and it is the month of november i've grown yeah, you know some facial hair i look like my evil twin from like bizarro world sort of um Actually.
0: Yeah, Johnny yeah. actually physically looks like the embodiment of that little willy magnet thing. This is an audio-only podcast, and yet I am using my hand to demonstrate where you had the little magnet and you drew off the it. little you drew the little beard particles with it. Yeah,
1: it, they get it. They could all visually
0: it's hear amazing. what you
1: were trying to do.
0: <laughs> I really have hands for radio. Yeah. Uh anyways, Johnny, thank. Welcome to the show. Hey.
1: Glad to be here. excited to be here. First time, first time caller, long time listener.
0: (laughs) So I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember, but on a previous episode of a podcast that you and I used to do, AV Power Up, you and I talked Mm -hmm. about being on a construction site as a programmer. And of course, I remember this because I have an index file with all of our um, conversations. Um, It's actually more of a scrapbook.
1: Nice. (laughs) So I was
0: I was perusing the old scrapbook the other day and I said, remember that time Johnny and I talked about walking around a construction site with a laptop? And that it's it's sort of weird because usually as a woman on a construction site it's kind of odd, but then it's two levels of weird because you've got a laptop and you're a woman and they're like, Oh whoa, that's really weird, and then they just walk away and they leave me alone.
1: And I think, and I could be wrong because I have a horrible memory, but my initial thought to that was, it was a question also with, um, I felt weird, you're on a construction site, you know, where does the laptop come into play? Well, in the future, where we all live now, right? Mm Because buildings, homes, technology, automation, right? But my thing was, for you as a woman, like, oh, that's weird, I'm going to walk away from it. For me, I think it was more antagonizing because, it was a lot of like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like in either slacks or jeans, not really swinging a hammer where everyone's building and framing stuff or whatever, doing the the labor, if you will. And we're doing the digital labor. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of, uh, what's the word or phrase I like to use? Looks of disapproval as of like, you know, like in hums of like, you know, this guy's over here working, air quotes, you can't see that. I'm doing air quotes, you know, working. Uh, it just felt weird. It, it felt really weird, and it's a continual thing because I got those looks like, you know, look at this guy, you know, he's he's on the site while we're all slaving away, and he or they get paid who knows what to, to sit on the internet. And again, I'm doing air quotes, you know, the internet. Because that's the kind of vibe that I got mm-hmm. continually. was like, oh, this guy, you know, this outside consultant or whatever, just on a computer. And it, it felt really weird. It never not really... Didn't feel weird it just yeah. in certain cases. It felt less weird like just the odd person out like oh everyone else is, has their place in in this building Process, but the the programmer is like this weird person that isn't really quite IT And it's kind of like this just other person like what are you doing? Okay?
0: cool. Yeah.
1: It's, a, it's a weird thing uh, And for me now it's even weirder that you can do some of those things programming if you will remotely from like a tablet or um a cell phone anything that's wi-fi with some of the some of the newer stuff that i've uh, went and got training on in commercial lighting control with lutron they have the ability to um program or assign switch loads or dimming capabilities from a a wi-fi animal device so it doesn't have to be a laptop which is preferable in my opinion but like a a tablet or a a smartphone can be done as well. So that would be even weirder. So it looks like you're just cruising Facebook at work. basically.
0: <laughs> you're like, Oh, uh, let me just do a little Snapchat-a-rooney. <laughs>
1: working hard.
0: Hardly like, working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it feels really weird and I'm sure it looks weird, especially now that you can do that from a mobile device. Yeah.
0: I actually had an experience today where I was walking around a job site with a laptop and, and we're talking like, you know, everyone's in hard hats job site with a laptop. And somebody actually said to me, so you're the one that's been spying on us all day with your laptop. And I was like, nah, I'm just doing some, some, uh, some, uh, like, uh, lifts with it, working on my, working on my triceps trash
1: bass, trap snacks, whatever.
0: Like, I got one of those seventeen inch lapzillas. So Do you really? <laughs> I do <laughs> I Tough look
1: from, like it. Like, oh, it's got a handle on it.
0: I carry it around the lab the job site and they're like, Can we get you like a cart or something? And I'm like, nah, it's cool. I got I got I got strong back but
1: yeah. That would be sweet. You should have said yes to the cart because then you could have been like the old school traditional AV, like when we were in school, like in Wheeling, like like yeah. the, the, your projector. I'm like, okay, here's AV clip. Okay, "Okay, okay. And they have a little cart, here's your laptop, a big old tough book, and just program. That would be I, a, I would I, love to see a picture of that.
0: I do that a lot, actually. Today, I actually just made a stack of construction debris and I used that as a laptop stand.
1: Hmm. Construction so. debris. Yeah, I'm going to need to see like pictures of that.
0: Yeah, you know, I almost took a picture. It was pretty funny. There were like prints, and I had like two laptops out because I.
1: Next time someone comes up to you and gives you that that weird look, I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, could you document the weirdness, please? And just see what they say. (laughs) Here's my phone. Click.
0: You know, Infocom did a profile of me and they're like, We would really like a like an action shot, not just a headshot. And I was like, you know, I'm I'm already kind of a weirdo on a construction site. Asking someone to like take a picture of me on a ladder in a hard hat is just too weird. So then I just to, <laughs> I just waited until nobody was watching and I took a selfie and I was like, nobody walked in on this. I,
1: I have to ask, right? So being yeah. Being the weird person with a laptop on a construction site is already weird enough. Then the next step, and not that it's weird to be a woman, but I'm sure you, you know, you probably get some looks, you know, being the woman in construction site. Not that that doesn't exist, but Mm -hmm. uh, in the world we live in, I I can guarantee that there are probably people like, oh, you know, a woman in construction. It's weird, right? It's probably not uncommon anymore, or is it used to be it? Being that person, right? The weirdo with a laptop and being a woman. And here's the other part. You recently got to work with Victoria Borella. Right? Yes. Okay. So, what I would like to know is aside, you know, how it was working with her, mentoring her. How was it being two women on uh, a commercial site with laptops?
0: Oh my God, it's freaking nuts!
1: How was <laughs> it the weirdest level, just like beyond what you thought it could be?
0: Yeah. Well, so I will say, um, you see more women now than you used to. Sure. Uh, I know I sound like a two-year-old chipmunk but i actually am 35 so i have been doing this job for a while you don't and... look
1: a day over 22 hope
0: Ah, thanks johnny i knew i had you on my show for a reason for sure um victoria barella also on rave um works with me now um is a lot younger than me and she looks a lot younger than me. So yes often we walk onto a job site together and people are kind of like, hey, does your mommy know you took her hard hat like
1: <laughs> Do You need help to get back to the end. We actually on?
0: we actually had a hard time getting onto a job site once like we had been getting in and out fine all week uh, when we were with an older coworker male and then he left and went back home and then the next day we tried to go on and they were not they would not let us in (laughs) may have been coincidence may have also been like because we just look very weird i'm going to hit pause it's funny you should say that because i have been on a job site with victoria where um we got looks like Hey, does your mommy know you took your hard hat and her hard hat? <laughs> and we were, we were in and out all week with a male coworker older. Um, and then he left. And then the next day we tried to get on the site and they wouldn't let us because they didn't think uh, we were properly credentialed, even though we'd been in and out all week. And You know, it could have been a coincidence, but um, there's definitely a, a sense that um, we definitely stick out. I would say.
1: But Did you girls have laptops when you were trying to, quote unquote, break in?
0: I believe we were both carrying enormous backpacks that had said laptops inside them. Um, so. Just
1: trying to get inside the mind of this person's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, slow your, your parents. Slow your What holder. are you doing here, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um And I I will say that definitely as a woman, I make sure that I have all of the proper safety gear because there's always somebody on a job site that shows up and they're like, "Mm, I guess we got to find a hard hat for, you know, Mr. Architect over here. Um, But so I always have a hard hat. I've got my steel toe boots. Um, When we do work in Chicago especially, I've got my, you know, neon green vest and my safety glasses and I carry all of that stuff in my car so that if I happen to 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 show up on a site that is less finished than I realized uh, when I you know opened up the uh, calendar invite um, I'm ready which actually happened on Monday they said do you have a hard hat and I said yep so um, you know carry carry I carry all my own gear and, and I guess some of this might sound kind of silly for anyone who is used to doing sort of the traditional AV programming where you're kind of walking into a finished building. Um, and, and you're like hard hats, steel toe boots. Like that's crazy. The TVs, TVs are not going up until it's a dust free environment. But <laughs> uh, with a, with a world that is increasingly sort of integrated, um, I think that, um, and also, sort of a lot of the traditional conference rooms kind of going away. I I think that for somebody who is an AV programmer, um, they're going to have to kind of branch out, probably, or that might be a good option for them, anyways, to sort of look into the other stuff where you have smart buildings and integrated systems, and and everything becomes a lot um, smarter. But that means that you're sort of there in the ground floor. So you are, you know, you already have programmers from like you know Johnson Controls that are doing um, sort of the building management system, you've got uh, commercial lighting, which um, I do a lot of Restaurant commercial lighting, it sounds like you do some of the Lutron stuff, um, and I think there's going to be more and more opportunities for people to do that, so I think it actually is important for us to know how to behave ourselves on a job site when you're with sort of the traditional trades. Um, Speaking of you doing Lutron lighting, Johnny, I just assumed everybody knew who you were and what you do, and that's just me who knows who you are and what you do. So (laughs) let's go back to where we should have started. Can you just give us the uh, elevator pitch version of uh, who you are and what you do? Sure.
1: My name is Johnny Mota. I also have a podcast on the Rave Radio Network, AV Insider, where I talk about random AV stuff. Sometimes it's lighting, sometimes it's controls. Usually more heavily geared on the audio side because that's my favorite. I love music, so that's my thing. But it's a little bit of everything. Uh, my background, or at least my day job, rather, is currently integration of who um, lighting, lighting controls, audio, video, automation, warm flooring, which just... Pretty much integration. Anything that can be talked to, communicate with, integrate with it, right? That's the whole point. At least that's the portion of things that I like to do because why? Because we can. It's where we live. It's, those are the, the smart buildings. Those are the smart cities we live in. That's the future that we're driving towards every day for energy management, uh, time saving, money, everything. It just, it just makes sense. So that's what I do. Sales, design. I don't get out as much in the field as I do used to, it's more of training to help a lot of the architects, designers, and contractors of the world implement the designs in the early stages. Because as Hope probably knows, like other people, that most people want to employ or deploy something kind of as an afterthought, or are some building codes require it, there are a lot of afterthoughts, and it's like, oops, now what do we do? Make it work, Hope bring out the laptop make it work like "Ah, it's not wired how do i how do i you know just make it work so it's trying to i don't want to say hand-holding but there's a lot of hand-holding with people there's a lot of tech support i spent a lot of time on the phone with people trying to help them figure out how to correct the things they forgot to do or the whoopsies that they did um and so it's a lot of that i do like you said uh lutron lighting controls on resi and commercial the Grand Wattstopper lighting controls on the commercial side. Some Vantage, which is now the interface of Wattstopper on the commercial side or residential side. They're trying to be more of like an architecturally friendly interface on top of a building control system. Um, I've done a few other relay-driven stuff. It's very simple, just on/off for bi-level switching in, in commercial spaces and and, and relay panels. Um, some motor controls when I was younger in, in wineries and things like that. But my background has always been in controls from a very young age. Uh, my father decided instead of summertime that I would learn in the panel shop how to wire motor controls and why wiring is important to to be manageable, uh, to have wiring diagrams because it, let's say I wire something and I'm gone. And then Hope's got to come the next day. She's got to know where things are. She can't tr- uh, tone everything out or... I spend all this time and money that wasn't allotted for, uh, because it's a waste of time. It does it's an unnecessary thing. So if you do write the first time it saves somebody countless hours and time and money in the future just to to update one thing or
0: multiple things.
1: So it's a lot of, uh, a lot of everything. Ugh. Was that the elevator pitch you want?
0: <laughs> I think we just went like to the 77th floor. So okay. It's cool. It Give you a little extra time. Yeah. Um, my, my father makes t-shirts for a living. He owns a, a screen printing company. Um, okay. So when I worked for him as a child, it was next to a 900-degree oven. So Constru- well, construction site is comfortable in comparison, really. Yeah, I mean,
1: t-shirts are cool. I, like, I used to uh, do a little freelance uh, design work for a t-shirt company. Yeah. It was fun. I don't know. Yeah. Another, another time.
0: Yes. Um. Cool. Well, thank you, um, for that pitch.
1: Long-winded pitch. <laughs>
0: John is awesome. There, there's the, I, ha- I have my there's own. the upraised version.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
0: Um, Yeah. So it's, it's funny we're talking about sort of the stuff you missed or the things that are in progress. I think one of the other issues that you have with the sort of modern control system where it's being put in as the building is physically being constructed is like when things require network connectivity to work, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's no walls, there's no ceilings yet and your stuff is in because everybody needs to be able to see things. But then, you know, you you're not actually interfacing with anyone's it department at that point. So a lot of it is also about how you get a system up and running when there's no actual internet connection. So. Do, you have, do you, do you find that that's a problem if you're trying to program from your phone slash Snapchat,
1: uh, slash Instagram slash whatever all the cool kids are doing these days? It, the, so the one that I was talking about, the, the one, um, Yeah, if it's not broadcasting a wireless thing, that it's tough, right? You have to go hardwire. Um, Physically, you need to go around and touch devices and find them, and if things aren't working, it's a lot of, um, like during the startup phase, it's uh, a lot of testing to make sure everything was done the way someone told you it was, and it usually isn't. It's a lot of extra time, which is why I'll always tell people, like, you know, documentation forever and ever, even if you didn't, even if you didn't, you know, bid in the job, just do it for yourself. Do, do it for your own company. Do it for your employees that have to go and, you know, work on whatever. It's going to save a lot of time. Um, so, yeah, with, without internet, sad as that sounds, it, it, it makes the job kind of tough. Not that I need to dial out, uh, but if I need to be on a network, it's kind of rough, right? Your entire system lives on the network for the most part, right? Building management systems, networked, uh, AV networked lighting is now mostly networked um, I know that you did some of uh, or have been doing right you do crush on lighting and things like that um, have you have you done a lot of like because um, I'm not up to speed with crush on lighting as a five years ago now um, have you done any of the, like, title... T- oh, you, you don't have that your way out there. <laughs> In California, we have this thing called Title 24, which is a nightmare. And building codes require daylighting zones and daylight harvesting. Do you ever get into that kind of stuff?
0: Oh, yeah, we do a ton of daylight harvesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so, and I don't know if you can do it with Crestron, but uh, with a competitor, there is a, there is a way to um, to save a little bit of the labor, right? Uh, Someone wires all the light fixtures in the room on a single zone, but with daylighting you have to have a daylight zone um, and You have to have other zones and things like that So they can't be on the same circuit because then they're tied together when they're wired together. They're tied together, but they have addressable light fixtures and or Drivers so that way I don't physically need to rewire stuff you or I could change in the program. Okay, you know Traffer two three and four is now zone one and this is over here for through whatever is zone two, et cetera, et cetera. I don't physically need to rewire anything. I can just change it in the program. Does uh crush allow something like that?
0: Not if it's like zero to ten volt dimming. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know if we were doing Dollar DMX, then yeah, you can kind of split your zones out however you want. Um, so we'll do that. Usually usually it's engineered in a way where they specify a daylight zone and then that gets its own separate um, it's, it's its own separate zone. Um, And then if they're like super, super aggressive about it, sometimes they'll daylight the whole room if they think it's really bright. But it's usually usually specified by an engineer and I just daylight whatever they tell me to. (laughs)
1: Sorry, go ahead.
0: And then I was going to say, and then I get really, really high tech and I check my daylight harvesting by taping a Dunkin' Donuts cup to a yardstick and Mm -hmm. then covering the daylight sensor and then watching the lights get brighter. (laughs)
1: I haven't done that yet. That's pretty neat.
0: Super high tech. I learned that. That's a a little trip.
1: Um, That works. That's awesome.
0: So for those of you who are not into the weeds with uh, lighting controls like Johnny and me, um, daylight harvesting is basically the idea that your your eyes um, can compensate. Within a you know a certain range of visible light. So if it's a very bright day out, you don't really need the lights to be that bright because your your eyes um, will be able to see just fine. So you have a sensor that senses and there's and there's if you get into super um, you can get super into the weeds with it. There's open loop and closed loop and this that and the other thing. But basically you have a sensor. It senses how much light is available is coming in, um, and then it dims the lights. Uh, accordingly. And it's, you know, you you have to set it up so that it's not, um, not going to make the light strobe just because it's cloudy day and the clouds are kind of passing over the sun and everything. So there's some, um, you set, you know, response time and a minimum dim level and some other stuff. Um, and there's lots of different ways that you can do it. But a lot of what we do is making sure that it's it's dimming the lights for the energy efficiency, but still making them usable for the people in the space.
1: Lighting control, I think isn't something that a lot of people care about. And I don't know, that's kind of what I grew up with from a young age. And so... I've always been like, kind of like, oh, that's cool, you know, and dimming and this and that. And then, like, I started learning more about commercial and zero to 10, and then LED changed everything. I'm like, I hate you, LED. Why? <laughs> I it's love so, LEDs.
0: What are you no, talking it's, about? No, it's great to be
1: power efficient, but the dimming process, right? Because the drivers always change on Gen 1 to yeah. Gen 2, and then that dimmer isn't compatible with this. And it's not that I don't like LED, I just, dimming them has always become a nightmare. I'm like, oh, yeah, it worked this month, and then, it, you know, next month the manufacturer changed the driver on everything. It's the same part number and nothing works anymore. Yeah. It, that, that's what I don't like. But
0: I, I, would, I would I co-sign that. We, we do a lot of Dolly jobs and Dolly does not like to be ramped. Um, it wants to be told what level to go to and it doesn't want you to sort of smooth it out, um, which doesn't work that great with daylight harvesting. So there's ways around it, but it's definitely um, a lot of extra work.
1: The other thing that I, I come across the issue on... LED is always minimum load issues, and then the last thing is contractors forgetting—I don't know why—and it keeps happening to run the the extra zero to ten gray and purple communication wires, <laughs> just because they think maybe this time they didn't need to do. Like, why? I'm like, didn't work last time, right? And like, no, I'm like, guess what's not going to happen this time?
0: Yeah.
1: And there's ways to ugh, to do that, and there, but you still have to run the extra communication wire for zones. But that's a whole nother show, I think.
0: Yeah. I think another issue that we have, especially because we're not doing the wiring, we're just doing the programming, is that low voltage cable that you're talking about is hey, low voltage, which means that the electrician has the apprentice wired up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you get a good one, and it's fine. But sometimes they're like, nah, it's just low voltage, and you're like, yeah, I wasn't expecting expecting to spend six hours trying to get all the keypads online, but here we are. Mm-hmm. So, um. And I definitely know that the uh, quality of work um, is going to be suspect if I get on site and they say, oh, you know, you should really get fully licensed. Um, you make more money that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, cool. I already know what I'm walking into. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you do not understand that the programming is the sort of way that everything is going. Then I'm not so sure about your of voltage But <laughs> For the most part, the people that we deal with are great. Um, A lot of really smart people. My company does a lot of bigger jobs, so you're, you're working with you know somebody who, as long as it wasn't a low bid job, you're working with somebody who can handle a big building, and they got hired specifically because they can handle a big building. So often, that quality of work is just phenomenal, especially in Chicago. When I work with Victoria, I mean those guys take. You know, they're union guys and they take real pride in their labor. Uh I, I'm in the union as well, so that's always kind of an anomaly for them. It's like, whoa, like it's a girl with a laptop in the union. That's crazy.
1: I so I work with a well, I don't work with them, but uh it's my buddies and they one came from Johnson's controls, and then another one, they're like on the HVAC and um that side of controls, I guess. And I don't know if they ever do that. They they probably just work a lot with um, freak drives, frequency drives and, and things like that. Um, I don't think I've ever seen those guys with a laptop. So it's weird when I see someone else and I just assume that they're either into lighting or automation of some sorts. I don't see a lot of the other guys in the, in the commercial aspect with laptops. It's rare. I don't know.
0: I mean, you'll see a foreman with a laptop, especially if it's like a bigger job and they've kind of set up a little area. Um, yeah, that's
1: different, though. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they well, I would hope they have all their projects digital. You know, the blueprints are great, but digital backups is awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. I always like those enormous construction prints that somebody wrote on in pencil, and it's like, oh, that's how you wired it. All right, I'm just going to steal these for a while. <laughs> on my stack of boxes. <laughs>
1: I'm, gonna need, I'm really going to need to see a picture of you in the boxes or construction, what did you say in the beginning? Your construction...
0: Construction debris.
1: Debris. When you've set up your little workstation, so you might have like um box of who knows. I don't even know. I, I'm just trying to imagine like the the most awesome picture and you're like at Wrigley Field doing your thing. Just
0: um, I can't tell that story uh, publicly, but I got a good one for you later about... Um, But yeah, it's me sitting on a bucket like, you know, they broke down a pallet and I just took the pieces. It's awesome. Uh, I do bring my own wireless router um, when I go on site so that I don't have to be physically connected into a system because like the job I was at this week, the electrical room was about 800 degrees. So I put in in my WAP. I said, better you than me. Sorry, I'll replace you if you die. And then I uh, I went down the hall, um, and then I have to hotspot off my phone. So you have to find a spot where you're you're within range of the little WAP that you put in, but mm. you but you're still near a window so that you can get out to the outside world. And obviously, I don't put a wireless router in if I'm on the client network. Um, so I'll either un- I'll unplug that upload port. Um, So then I'm sort of standalone, so I'm not, you know, creating a sort of security hazard. But often we're not on the client network because there isn't a client network yet, so it's fine. And most lighting systems are designed, I think, to be self-contained. Even if it is using network, it's got its own sort of internal network, and then it'll just kind of get an uplink onto the client site. Because, uh, you know, if the client's network goes down, if they start having problems, you don't want um, the lights to stop working.
1: No, you (laughs) don't ever want that. Yeah, I, I, I've got a few museums that have really old lighting systems that, that have been like, I think two systems dated and you know, they get like an end-of-life letter eventually um, And they're like, hey, you know, so is there a way, you know, I, we're thinking about upgrading, you know we got, it's got to get on the it's got to get put on the, the Schedule for next year and all this stuff and we got to get a bid which they didn't get the bid They just want to know what happens if one of the keypad dies or what of this, you know, the power goes out. How do I turn the lights on? I'm like, Ooh, well, if power goes out, the power goes out. So there's nothing you can do. Um, if you have a backup generator, that's great. And I'm pretty sure you do. Second thing is I need to look up this really old archaic lighting system from the past and tell you how to physically do it. And I'm not like telling you how to do it, but I'm wink, wink. You can do it this way. If you are so inclined to like, not get shocked, you can you know, make little jumpers and things like that. And, it'll work cause it's just like a relay driven system that has dimming capabilities, but it'll work. But I didn't tell you to do that, but if you need to, you can. Uh, and then when it stops working, you're going to really wish that you had upgraded. Like I said, too. Yeah. There's been some fun stuff out there.
0: That, uh, yeah. That's probably a whole nother podcast is the terrifying things that we have found in electrical closets. Um, but I think we're starting to get a little low on time. So we to okay. wrap it up. I definitely want to have you back on for more stories and fun and stuff and things. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are like stuff and things, what, what does know. it
1: even mean?
0: It's like an insider podcasting joke. And I apologize to you all. For <laughs> so I'm so sorry that our time is up, but I have a small child who is begging for attention. So I should probably go give it to her. Um, but every episode we like to do a goofy question at the end. So my question for you this month, and you can feel free to make me go first if you need a second to think is, um, so sometimes things get a little salty on a job site. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but what is the most awkward slash weird slash huh? Uh, conversation you've ever accidentally walked into.
1: Like in a negative way, you mean?
0: It doesn't have to be negative. Just like, uh, you know, some guys are standing around having their coffee, shooting the breeze. Then you walk in and they're like, oh, hey, laptop guy. Sorry, didn't realize you were there.
1: No. Oh, um, yeah, you go first because I don't even know if I have one of those. Hmm. Let me think about it. You go first. If
0: All right. you wouldn't mind. Um, I mean, I've had quite a few, and I have to say I've had people say inappropriate things in office buildings, too, so it's not like a trades thing, but it's more of a, like, you are surrounded by, um, like, empty walls, so you assume that nobody's there kind of a thing. Um, Probably the funniest one was I walked into a room, and I didn't actually hear what the guy said, but it must have been a doozy, because he, like, turned... Like pale white, and then he was like, "Oh, I didn't know we had a lady here." And then he said, "Pardon my French." Uh, (laughs) I'm like, "Okay, my second grade teacher. Um, She used to say that all the time. Actually, my fifth grade teacher now can't remember. I don't know. Uh, It's like an old school New England thing to say." And then uh, I said, "Oh, actually, I didn't hear what you said." And then I said, "Um, "But I don't." bleeping and i'm gonna self-bleep because this is a family-friendly podcast I said i didn't hear what you said but I don't bleeping care and then he said right on lady right on and then <laughs> he just walked away
1: <laughs> so so mine isn't involving a laptop but since the month of November and the growth of my facial hair, which you can't see, but you can. Oh,
0: it's so amazing. I
1: the girls at work had one of those conversations Aww. and I walked in and they got like very bright red and kind of like, oh, and like giggly. And I was like, say it, go ahead, say it. And like, none of them wanted to like say it, but they couldn't like stop like giggling and just being really excited is the word I want to use. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, all right, way to make it weird. I'm weird, but you just made it weird. And then I d- <laughs> walked away. I was like, all right. Uh, there was a little more that I probably can't put on the fa- the family-friendly podcast that made it weirder. And I was like, mm, no, not cool. I'm walking away from this. I'm moonwalking away from this conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was probably one of the weirdest things. I'm like, whoa, okay. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. It's right not on. great, but that's all I got.
0: Thank you johnny for joining us
1: thank you for having me i am honored to be here and i had a great time it was great to see you and hear you i, I love your company and your thoughts your brain is so awesome and uh i enjoy our talks at any
0: right, right back at you um so you have been listening to the floating point on rave pubs radio i am your host hope roth and we will see you next time